Now for some insights in the news shaping the markets. For that, we welcome in John Lear, Chief Economist, Morning Consult. Thanks so much, John. Good morning to you for being with us. Your thoughts on this week that has been uh, volatile, as our markets have been, but once again down. In fact, the major average is at the lowest levels now since March of 2021. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on. You know, I think um, obviously what's going on right now is we've got a very volatile economic situation. I think markets are trying to process that information. But if we go back and look at the sort of underlying economic fundamentals, the writing has been on the wall for some time now that things were getting fairly weak. We knew that inflation was high. We knew that the Federal Reserve was going to come out and start raising rates and likely they were going to raise rates by more than markets, I think, anticipated early on. And we're starting to see that play out. Um, we continue to believe at Morning Consult that, you know, that the consumer is, is fairly weak, that this is going to be sort of a near term problem for the broader U.S. economy and that, um, it, you know, it remains to be seen how long the sort of jobs growth and wage growth can maintain uh, its current pace. Well, that's the whole thing, too, is the timing of everything. And I think that's one of the uncertainties in the market is that, sure, we expect rate hikes this month and next month from the Fed, but then what, right? I mean, could be 50 basis points, could be 75 basis points, but then what? And that's sort of where we're led with this question. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I think that Chairman Powell and, and others have been so explicit about potentially the need not only to raise rates back to the so-called neutral rate, but in fact to go above the neutral rate and, and start sort of really trying to tighten uh, financial conditions and to sort of um, adopt a more contractionary monetary policy. And I think financial markets are just trying to absorb that information, maybe with the view that we were sort of, you know, back in this sort of pre-COVID world where anything up at 2% in terms of interest rates, real interest rates at 2% would be, um, you know, the upper bound in, in their view. And so this is also a mid-election year without getting too much into politics. Generally, um, these types of years can be very volatile and, and trend to the downside. This, as we have our you know, administration having to battle inflation in a big way, right? Coupled with the supply chain disruption and all that. I mean, we clearly know that consumers are very concerned about inflation. One of the things that we've seen in Morning Consul is just how consistently, uh, particularly older Americans have indicated that they're very concerned about inflation. But what's the newer phenomenon, the more recent phenomenon, is that we're starting to see among middle-aged uh, and younger Americans that they're now increasingly saying that they're very concerned about inflation. And I think that has to do with, you know, you know, it's one thing to sort of conceptually understand how this works. It's another to feel it in somebody's pocketbooks. And we're starting to see just how directly it's affecting younger Americans' pocketbooks right now. And then in the end now, as we look forward, going forward, what is your outlook? Um, do things get better this year, next year, two years? What's going to be the change, the catalyst? I'm inherently an optimist, so I think in the long run, things will be will be strong. But in the near term, I think we're actually going to go through a pretty tough time. That a lot of the concerns that we're seeing around supply chains and, and emanating from China are likely to be more structural than cyclical, that these are going to drive sort of longer run changes in, in how American companies think about sourcing their products, their goods. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we've got some, I think, I think inflation expectations are not as well anchored as, as some would believe. Our own measure with researchers from the Cleveland Federal Reserve shows that we consistently see 
increasing expect installation expectations from consumers. So that's another really worrisome sign. And I think there's sort of a burden right now in the Federal Reserve to go back and restore trust, not only in markets, but also among consumers. And so now going forward, um, you, you gave me a lot of stats about what consumers are thinking, and they're looking more to the president, right? And looking to maybe fiscal policy to try and help with inflation because we don't really know how many rate hikes we would need to start to tame inflation. It really hasn't come down much um, at all. I mean, you could pinpoint a couple of things, but for the most part, pretty hot still. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me too much just because the lag period is so long to start moving from higher interest rates to tighter financial conditions to a broader slowdown in, in, in the economy. I mean, that's typically a five to six month period. I think that's one of the challenges that the Federal Reserve faces is that they're trying to make changes now that aren't going to be fully realized in the economy until later in the year. You mentioned earlier the desire for consumers to see something from Congress or from the White House to sort of curb near-term inflation. I, I worry that that's a little misguided. I know that there's direct suffering right now, but I don't know that that the White House or Congress really have the ability to change sort of the near-term inflation dynamics. They're better suited to address longer-term issues on the supply front related to supply bottlenecks, investing in human capital and physical infrastructure. So that's where I would like to see those bodies focused and really make sure that the Federal Reserve is focused on this near-term inflation. And you know what's interesting? You were talking about the different ages, right? The different age groups. And, and I was reading a report from the um, New York Life Insurance Company, and it had a, a few elements, and I, I'm sure you'll appreciate these. But one was how much money people, monthly contributions. It turns out people are putting less away for emergency because they need it now. And in fact, um, the average reduction in monthly contributions for emergency accounts is $243, with millennials making the biggest cut, $289. So millennials are, are truly feeling this inflation in April, which was 8.3%. And one-third of adults are putting less money away overall to cover these everyday expenses. I mean, the consumer is strapped. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's consistent with everything that we're seeing. We continue to see growing financial vulnerability, particularly among lower income adults. They don't have the savings to pay their basic expenses. And so while we know that aggregate savings are still relatively elevated, that sort of omits or doesn't take into consideration the distribution of savings, which remains fairly concentrated among those higher income households. So I think it's one of the reasons why we've seen some of the earnings reports, particularly for these lower income retail outlets struggling uh, in the first quarter. And we continue to believe that, um, you know, that that's going to play out through the rest of the year. And you're going to likely to see some sort of a trickle down or waterfall effect where these pocketbook issues that are affecting lower income adults yeah. are going to eventually make their way to the higher income households. And all of us will be facing uh, higher gasoline prices, according to J.P. Morgan, saying that $6, gasoline is projected to surpass $6 by August of this summer. So um, we'll have a lot more to bear going forward. John, I hope you'll come back and we'll have an opportunity to talk more about that. John Lear, Morning Consult, thanks for being with us.